I'm in the studio with Jay Halleen. 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 You are now in the studio with Jay What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Jay Halim. We are back for another episode of Starve Talk. Listen, we got a great brother in here today. He's going to be talking about something that we definitely need to learn about. Not the spammy social media version of it either. We're going to really get down and dirty because, again, we are hurting in the credit department. Everybody's going to tell you, get your credit, get your 700 credit. If you get your 700 credit, you can get a million dollars. You can get a yacht. You can get this. You can get that. It's not that easy, but it is necessary. And so I'm glad that this brother right here is willing to dig a little deeper, is willing to go past the spammy talk, you know, willing to go past the, you know, oh, I'm just trying to make a, a quick buck today. Really want to educate you, really want to add value to us. And so I'm happy that he took the time to talk to us. This is brother Duranda Levante. Did I say your name properly? Yes, sir. Duranda Levante. <laughs> Let's go, King. Listen, Let's man. Go. Uh, thank you so much, man, for taking the time out. I was very excited to see what you were doing. And again, just the way your approach to it, I, I feel the, the energy. Mm -hmm. You know, I've talked, we've all talked to 100,000 people that say they help people with credit. And some people actually can help you with credit, but I, I feel a passion, a different level of passion about it. I think that you want to change lives more than make a buck <laughs> um, because you know with changing lives, the money come. Mm -hmm. Is that accurate? Yes, 100%. <laughs> So yeah, I, I definitely um, thank you so much for giving us a little bit of time. This is the biggest question I, I wanted to know from the time I saw it. I said, well, how bad was your credit when you decided to say, let me fix this thing up? 604, <laughs> bro. So at the time I didn't even know what a FICO was, hmm. but on Credit Karma, it showed 604. Hmm. So normally if, if Credit Karma is a 604, that means your FICO is way lower. So mm. I didn't know exactly what the FICO was, but I know the shit was bad because yeah. I couldn't get approved for nothing. I needed co-signers, or if I do get approved, it's like 18%. Yeah. It's like, yeah, like, bruh, enough was enough. Like, you got to realize enough is enough. Okay, so you, 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 all right, so let's start to the beginning. So you're working, you know, you're an Army vet. Or military vet. I don't know which which um and thank you for your Army. service. Okay, thank you for your service. And um, you know, you're a vet. So most people think, you know, you're a vet, you should have good credit, you should be you should have made a bunch of money, <laughs> you should have all the opportunities in the world. That's probably a misconception, correct? Very bro, bro. People, you think a lot of consumers don't know about credit? There's people in the military don't know nothing. And a lot of times they lose their security clearances because of not knowing how to repair, rebuild, and restore their own credit. So they lose their jobs, positions, because they lost their security clearances. It's a big wow. thing, but they don't talk about it. Yeah, see, and that's, that is a big thing because the people, you know, like... <laughs> We think that, you know, especially in the black community, it's like, all right, that's the save off. Your son didn't make the basketball team, football team, whatever, baseball, whatever sport, singing, rapping, dancing. Okay, go to the military, you know, and that's good. All you got to do is go to the military and you don't have to have a plan. They'll figure it out for you. But I have an uncle that's real close to me who went to the military. And I learned after the fact that it's a completely different world than just getting there and they're going to fix you. Mm -hmm. You know, you got to have to actually still develop a plan for your own life. So 
what was your plan when you first went into the military and did, and did it go out or did you make some shifts along the way? So I'm, I'm Jamaican. Mm-hmm. I've only been in the U.S. 12 years, right? Mm-hmm. So when I came and I got my green card, I decided that I needed to become a citizen. The fastest way to become a citizen in America is joining the military. Wow. So I joined the military. I don't like dealing with immigration. I don't. I didn't want to have to go back for interviews, none of that. I'm like, boom, joined the military, got my citizenship. And I'm like, okay, cool. I'm liking this military stuff. It's not bad. And then I got a job now because I'm in the National Guard. So it's reserve, right? Yeah. And then now I, I um, later on, I got a job. Act, so it's called active reserve or state active duty. Mm. We're now, we're able to be full time, but we're at home. We go home every day and then we make our BAH based on our home zip code. And living in New York, you know, the BAH was pretty good. So <laughs> Before I joined the military, bro, I was working $8 an hour at Five Guys. Like, I was shaking French fries at Five Guys. I was a busboy in a Those server. good fries, though. <laughs> Yo, bro, tell me about them Cajun fries, bro. I love me some Cajun. Yeah. So, even before that, so I was in Jamaica, right? So, right, let's go right back from the beginning. I was in Jamaica at the University of the West Indies studying biochemistry. I wanted to go to med school. Wow. And then I came here in a work and travel program and I said, mom, I'm not coming back. My mom lost it. What are you doing? You don't know anybody there. What are you going to do? Who are you going to st- all the questions, bro? And if I had gotten scared and went back home, we wouldn't be having this conversation. Yeah, exactly. I agree. So sometimes you got to take a leap of faith, not knowing what's going to happen. Yeah. I had no plan, bro. I didn't know what was going to happen. Nothing. But I decided. I, so I'm my biggest fan. Wow. I don't think nobody believes in me more than me. That's that's a bar right there. That's a bar right there. You yeah. got to say that again. You so are your biggest fan. I, I am you. my biggest cheerleader, bro. Ain't nobody believe in me more than me. Wow. I believe in me more than ever. I believe in me more than people believe in themselves. I love it. That, that, that's, that's how much I believe in me and I'm willing to invest in me. And I know that the path isn't always there. Just go where there's no path so you can leave a trail. Everybody yeah. wants to go where a path is already made. But what about a new destination where nobody has ventured before? So bringing it back now, um, I moved to New York, got a job working at Five Guys. Um, I do love the occasion, Francis. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then now I'm like, yo, this $8.25 is not doing it, bro. Especially I not New like, York. <laughs> yeah, I, I smell like peanut oil. Like I'm standing up for like eight hours a day, bro. My back used to hurt. My feet hurt. And that's how I got introduced to like Dr. Souls. You get those thick insoles. So it's like <laughs> gel. Yep. Like, remember, you know, I'm coming from Jamaica. I don't know none of this. Yeah. Nothing. I don't. I didn't even know what credit was yet, bro. Mm. I, I didn't know what credit was. I know nothing about this thing called credit. Mm-hmm. I just know that I couldn't get nothing. <laughs> yeah. I just know that every time I tried to apply for something, I just didn't get it. Because known credit is just as bad as bad credit. Speak that. <laughs> There's no credibility there. <laughs> 
So I decided to join the military. So I joined the military. And then now after training, I moved back to New York. And mind you, you know, even being in the military, basic training and all of that, I still didn't know what credit was. Yeah. Nobody spoke about credit. I knew nothing, right? So um, moved back to New York, um, got a gig now, active, res- call it active reserve or state active duty, either one. Um, and I'm making good money, you know, I think I'm, I'm making good money. So now I decide to get a car, mm. a 2007 Nissan Altima with 75,000 miles on it. Mm-hmm. Bro, when I tell you they did me so dirty because I didn't know, bro. So I couldn't even get a proof for it. I had to get a co-signer. I didn't know what a co-signer was. And for everybody that's listening, do not co-sign for nobody. <laughs> even though I got help, do not co-sign for nobody. You see, bro, I didn't comprehend the responsibility my yeah. friend was taken on when they decided to be a co-signer for me. I don't think he knew what he was doing either. He just Easily, like, yo, bro, you're my boy. I'm going to just do it for you. Yeah. And we do that so many times and we end up being hurt in the process. So my boy came, he became a co-signer. Um, I'm always good to my work. So I paid my bills and everything on time, but bro, for a used Nissan Altima, right? With 75,000 miles on it, I was paying $585 a month. Wow. <laughs> Mind you, I was under 25. So you know when you're under 25, that insurance is different. And in New York. <laughs> Bruh. So my insurance now was another 300. Dude, I was paying all close to $800 for, for a, a used 2007 Nissan Altima with 75,000 miles in insurance, bro. Mm. At 24 years old, bro. So imagine trying to figure out this system and all of that going into that. I, I'm barely surviving now. Yeah, definitely. But, you know, I want to play the game. I want a car because I want to drive. Like, what's the point of walking every day and doing this and doing that? And I have nothing to show for it. That was the mindset back then. So as things got better, um, I started. So now I got my first credit card. Stuff is building. I got the car. That's reporting. So I didn't know now that I was adding trade lines to my consumer report. Yeah. So it's it's because it's building now. Yeah. Right. It's building. It's building. It's building. Um, payments are going in more accounts one credit card became two became three um so now i sold that car got a new car guess what i didn't need a call sign at that time yeah so i'm like all right bro you're leveling up <laughs> you're leveling up and then um what kind of car was that one this one was a chrysler a Chrysler 200S. Okay. I call, I, yeah, I call her Beast. It was a black <laughs> on black. So it was a sports type and then uh-huh. I tinted it. Oh, so wow. it was like a black beast. Like, I love that car. So that was my first new car, right? The first new car. Zero miles. I was good. The other one was 75,000 miles. Yeah. <laughs> so I felt good about that car. Payments were still high though. So, but not as high as the other one. So now I'm like, everywhere I'm going, this credit stuff keep coming up. 
what is this credit stuff? So I started looking into it. I never paid it much attention. Then I had to move. Guess what? <laughs> Needed a co-signer again, bro. <laughs> so everywhere yeah. I'm going, I am being stopped. One word keeps coming up. Credit. Yeah. What does that have to do with me? We don't need credit in Jamaica. You're not in Jamaica. <laughs> this is the so credit capital of the world right mm, here. So it's a mind shift, <clears throat> a mind, a paradigm shift had to happen. Bro, you're not in Jamaica anymore. This is how the system works. Is it going to work with the system or try to work against it? But <laughs> we know what's going to happen if you try to work against it. You will live a life of scarcity, not getting anything. Yeah. So now I'm in the military. Fast forward a few years now. I got deployed. And I had a 604. And I was just tired of being denied, bro. I had $10,000 in, in negative credit card debt. So that's me just buying liabilities. 10000 that racked up a $10,000 credit card bill. Only could make minimum payments. And then I decided enough was enough, bro. Like, are you going to just keep going this route? Because I'm seeing on social media, I'm seeing people living good. So then I started reading. Before I got to that, um, I lost my job, right? I was getting a job with the city. And then I uh, resigned from the military, the active slot. And um, the city wrote me, after I put in my letter to resign wow. from the military, that yes. the, the, the space is no longer available. The job, the job is not no longer available. Mind you, last week I put in the letter. They hired someone to replace me already. Wow. Bro, if my world has ever shattered before, that was the first time. Yeah. I got a wife and a kid. So now I was making around $80,000 to zero. Mm. And I'm blaming the city. I'm just angry blaming everyone. Everybody. <laughs> yeah. Like I did what I'm supposed to do. I did the checkups. I did the medical. I did the certs. Everything. You told me to retire, to put in the letter from this job because we're going to start that job in two weeks. I did it. But now the position is gone. What do you mean the position is gone? We just hired someone for your position. Wow. I'm, I'm assed up, bro. Yeah. So I was so angry, bro. And then I went to the barbershop. And this is when I know started learning about Uber. So I signed up for Uber and stuff like that. And let me tell you how God is good, bro. And no, I don't care what nobody says, bro. During that period, I was still getting paid. No one could stop my paycheck. None. No finance department, nobody. Every two weeks, I was still getting a check for two months, two or three months. Nobody could stop that paycheck, bro, until I got back on my feet. Bro, nobody could stop that paycheck. I don't think y'all are hearing me. No, I, hey, that's what, hey, listen, that's what you mean you covered. <laughs> Bruh, that's when I said, yo, there's something 
There is something, people might say, God, Allah, Buddha, I don't care what you want to call it. There's something out there, bro. And I'm telling you. So I went to the barber shop and I'm cutting my hair. And one of the barbers says, um, uh, he just got his niece a book. It's called um, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Mm. I'm like, what kind of damn book is that? <laughs> it's like about this guy that has two dads. I'm like, he has two dads. That must be some dumb book. Ignorance. So ignorant. All right, whatever. Went in my car, found it on YouTube. Um, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, audiobook. I was like, whoa. Bro, I listened to that audiobook five times. Then I bought the hard copy and read it front to back. So, so what was your favorite part about that book? Bro, the rich don't work for money. Mm. Stop prostituting your time. Mm. The rich don't work for money. They have money work for them. I love, that was an amazing book. As I grow, I started kind of challenging Robert Kiyosaki because again, he's one of those famous people for doing what I talked about because it just, I mean, that book was great, but a lot of times in his, you know, you see some of the YouTube clips and stuff like that. He give you just enough to entice you and then he move on because in that book, he worked. He he worked a job for a long time. And so- Xerox, he speaks about it. Exactly, and so- And military too, prior military. Exactly, so, you know, that's a check. Xerox is a check. And then hustling homes take time to develop, you know, and so you have a lot of people that we're motivated when we see read a book like that and then we jump out the window. <clears throat> we leave our job, we do everything, we think we can fly. And so then they all the time, it's not a situation where your check keep coming for 90 days. You on you really ass out because you read Rich Dad Poor Dad and you couldn't really understand because you don't want to hear about the working portion you want to hear about the other portion what i got from it <clears throat> was that he did have two dads so he got a chance to get the boat the boat the best of both worlds as opposed yeah. to just saying screw my my poor dad and i'm just gonna do what my rich dad did uh -huh. and so we have to learn from both sides of the spectrum of that book yes you want to eventually be the rich dad but it's something to that poor dad, you know, as well, because all rich people are trying to do is get to a point where their money has created, the, the, the money is working for them, not to, like you said, not you working. So, but the money is still bringing you a check mm -hmm. every two weeks or every week, just like you would go work for. But it might be more, way more money, but it's still bringing you that because that's how life works. If you don't make money on a consistent basis, you're stuck. If you only was gonna get a check every six months, a lot of people can't live that way. But if you can find a way to get a check every six days without you working 80 hours, that's a rich dad. But it starts with you getting this system down and then you've created another system so your money can work for you. And if you don't have a job, if you don't have something happening, the worst thing to an investment is you not giving it enough time to mature. Mm. It's the worst thing you Prem can do. Premature death. Yes. That's what that's it is. That's all it is. You put you put $10,000 up. If you don't give it a 90 days, 60 days, whatever it takes to, to do what it needs to do, you right back to broke again. Mm -hmm. You got to allow the money to do what, do its job and then let it come back. That's why I asked you that question about that book. I love the book. Got the book in my library, read it a few mm -hmm. times. First time I read it, my wife and I were driving to Miami and we read it to each other, driving to Miami. 
So shout out to you. <laughs> shout out to the wife. <laughs> so yeah, that was that was definitely a dope situation. It was an amazing book. And I tell anybody to read it. I just I look, I read differently. And I try to look for the full scenario, you know, as opposed to the last book um, I was reading, uh, the Rachel Rogers book. I hated that book um, in the first three chapters. But again, because I read so avidly, I didn't get rid of it. And I ended up being an amazing book because it was greatly written. But I hated her bad talking men in the first three chapters. <laughs> but the last nine chapters was amazing. And she brought it back home. But I'm glad I stuck into it. So I can take that part and the rest of the parts as well, because, you know, sometimes people get what they want to get or they, or they don't get what they want to get immediately and they cut cut the book off. Try to get all of the portions of it so you don't make no premature decisions or no premature moves. So with Rich Dad, Poor Dad, bro, it was an eye-opener. Yeah. And the mindset is don't be dependent on a job. So even yeah. though, you know, Robert worked a job, he wasn't dependent on the job because yeah. his thought was, I'm going to use this job to fund the freedom for the rest of my life. I love it. I love it. That's the story that I want people to get out of that book right there. Mm -hmm. not, the, so, not quit your job. Because... Not quit your job <laughs> and not knowing where nothing's coming from. Exactly. How can I use what I have now to set me up for the rest of my life? Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, so, and, and you read that book. You got the <laughs> the audio book. You got mm -hmm. it in the, in the library. You read it five times. <laughs> then the next book was "Think and Grow Rich" by Napoleon Hill. That's when my mind stretched, bro. Yeah, that's the Bible. That's one. That's a business Bible. Mm -hmm. And then now, uh, the principles of success. I started diving deep now, not knowing that I was starting self development. Yes, didn't know it. But I started changing um, the people that I was around, the people that I'm talking to. I'm going to meetups. Mind you, I have no clue what I'm doing. I just know I'm supposed to be going these places. Yeah. You're growing. Right? So now, deployed the next year in Kuwait. Enough is enough, Doreen. You're reading all these books. You love real estate so much. Dude, I read 140 books on my deployment. Wow. I was averaging five to six books a month, man, that, two uh, books a week. That's that, that deserves one of these <laughs> because <laughs> no, because they said, they said, if you want to hide something from a black man, put it in a book, put it and in the book. They're not hiding it from you. So, um, oh, hell no. you know, and, and if you read five books a month, then you in the top 1% of readers in the world, you yeah, know? Bro. And so that's, that's, that should be saluted for real. Salute to you for that. I'm, I'm not saying anybody can go and read 140 books. It's time consuming. But when you want something bad enough, nothing stands in your way. Absolutely nothing. So that mind shift now happened. And then Doreen, you're reading books on real estate, credit. Um, dude, I was reading accounting books, CPA books, mm -hmm. finance books. I was like, God damn. Like, what's going on here? So as yeah, as I started stacking it, I things started to click. Yeah. And then like I had a 604 going over there. And I'm like, enough is enough. So I met this one guy, he was a major from Vermont. And uh, he saw me reading one of my books about credit. And he said, What are you reading, Doreen? I'm like, um, I'm reading a book on credit, sir. And I'm like, hmm. 
I said, sir, what's your credit score? And he looked at me. He said, I have an 820. It was the first person I ever met with an 800. Uh-huh. I was like, wow. I'm like, you're, you're like a unicorn. You don't okay, see right. people with 800. Dude, so tell me what. I was like, I would love to have an 800. And this was pre-me, not knowing my full potential. Yeah. Underestimating myself. Dude. One, two, three, four months later, five months later, bro, I hit an 805. I built my first 800 credit score from Kuwait. I was not in the country. Mm. I'm going to say it again. I was not in the country when I built my first 800 credit score. Was not. And then I built it two times after that because I started leveraging my credit, getting higher um, limit credit cards, doing credit card sequencing and funding. Mm. So, you know, every time you leverage your credit, it's going to fall yeah. because when you add new credit, it changes the age, the mixture changes, a whole lot of things change yeah. and it drops and then it goes back up after a little bit of time. We, gonna, yeah, we definitely going to get into that because so, um, people need to know that. People need to know that. So hold up. You said you got 800 while you were in um, Kuwait. Kuwait. So mm -hmm. what were what some of the things you're doing? Because you're not, <clears throat> you were just pretty much online, you know. Doing... reading, consuming, bro. But what, what what were some of the steps you took to raise it? You were 604 when you left. So going mm -hmm. up 200 points, was you just paying some bills off at that time? Or was it you, did you, or were you just getting some things taken off, like some negative stuff taken off? What were you doing? While you All were the above. Okay. So I found out about the five factors that contributed to the credit score. See, your mm -hmm. consumer report and your credit score are separate things. People think they're the same, but they're not. They're separate things. So the credit score, the FICO algorithm gets fed off of five things. Your payment history, your utilization, your length of credit, inquiries, and your mixture of credit. Mm. When I comprehend that pie chart, I now know that my utilization need to be below a certain level. So mm -hmm. I was maxed out. Remember I told you I had $10,000 worth of negative um, yeah. credit card. Mm -hmm. So I paid those down. Utilization went from a hundred to 5%, big increase. Yep. I had late payments. I got the late payments deleted. Another big increase because your payment history and your utilization make up 65%, 65% of your credit score. Yeah. Not your consumer report, your credit score. So when I learned that, I got to those two first. Then now I used the snowball method to pay down my credit cards. So I started with the smallest one first, making the minimum payments on all the rest. So I know got the small one off. So the funds from the small one, all of it, the minimum payment, including the balance, I rolled that over into the next one. So I was still making the minimum payment on the others. And then what I was paying on the small one, I dumped it on the next one. When I paid that one off, I did it to the next one. Yeah. So each time I'm going over, still making the same payments, but I chopped it off in like two or three months, bro. Wow. And then it was like, Credit score gone through the roof. Yeah. Right, right away. Just one thing. Paying it down. 
So what's what's the big one of the biggest misconceptions that you find when you go and start to talk to people about credit? What is what some of the things that they, they just don't know or they just as myths, credit myths that people always bring to you? Well, it's a lot of stuff. And um, not knowing that they can delete anything that's on the report. They think that the corporations that put stuff on their report, it can't come off and they're allowed to put it on there. That's not true. Yeah. So that's when I'm going to get into more consumer law. So right now, this is basic credit. Yeah. This isn't consumer law yet. So I noticed I paid this down. And they talk about 30%. 30% is like doing a test and getting a C. If you want an A, you need to be between 1% and 8% for your utilization. Yeah. Remember now, you know, that's a factor on your credit score. But on your consumer report, a late payment is illegal. A, 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 hold on. A late payment is illegal? Illegal, correct. It's really? not supposed to be there. On your consumer report, yes. Wow. I'll I'll write that down. I'm going to prove it to you in a, in a few. Yeah, I, I got it. Hey, look, that's not going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I, I need to know how, how is the late payment illegal? All right, we're going to get there. So when I found all of this out, bro, everything started to change. So I started applying now for higher limit credit cards. I'm getting 10000 Mind you, the highest credit card that I had at the time was like $2,000. And I think that was from like cap one because mm -hmm. I've had that one forever. You know, when they'll be one of the first person, when you have no credibility, they will be one of the first person to say, here, we're going to give you a credit yeah, we'll card. Give you a start. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to give you a start. Like they're one of the first persons to say, yo, I'm going to give you a start. So now I, I comprehended the system. So what I started doing was I started maxing the cards out. So I'd max them out, but paid off. Yeah. So what that did was, though, I was able to request higher credit limits. See, there's ways to increase your limits without getting hard inquiries. Mm. When you max the card out and paid off, and you show that you can max it out and paid off, they'll see that the credit that they're extending to you is not enough. Yeah. And nine times out of 10, you'll get an automatic increase. Yeah. Makes You've sense. experienced those, right? Yes, they definitely. Give it a, yeah, yeah. Definitely. So when they see that you can handle more, they'll give you more. They did me that way. They did that for me with, um, I got a Sam's Club um, credit card and I had got, it was a thousand dollars and then they pushed it up to 3000 because of, you know, I, I was using it. My wife stays in Sam's. <laughs> so <laughs> she's like her mom. Uh, but again, we I mean, I was paying it off every month. Whatever mm -hmm. she spent, I paid off every month. And it just bumped it up to 3000 I didn't ask mm -hmm. them. They just did it. And then also Amazon did it because, you know, I'm with my business, I'm into mm -hmm. the film and everything like that. And so got a little small card from them, like $750. They say you can use that. Next thing you know, I mean, I think in the at the like three times up to like over six thousand mm. so, dollars with amazon so yeah it just kept doing it the more you know i was using it and paying it they started doing it but what exactly. again i told you offline i didn't know until four years ago that paying that paying the stuff back was going just right back to my credit um line and i didn't realize that and that's why i asked you about misconceptions because it's so many people when it comes to credit insurance especially people of color 
they don't know, like even salesmen. And, you know, I, I teach about sales. I was telling someone, I was like, well, when you're selling insurance to somebody, especially people of color, I said, what are some of the things that you think that, because um, they say, well, black people don't want to buy insurance. I said, that's not the truth. I said, do you know their pain point? I said, the pain point with insurance is that black people are afraid to get denied because of health. I said, but nobody talks about health. You talk about death. They don't want to hear about death. They, they, they don't want to talk to you about them dying. And they, they afraid that because they got diabetes or something like that, that you, they're going to say, no, you can't get insurance. So they say, I'm not going to worry about it. But if you can tell them that it's no, you're not going to get any, um, you're going to get, you know, um, approved. You don't have to do no doctor's visits, things like that. I, was like, I bet you sell more. So the same with credit, small problems that people have, like, because somebody like you are like, really, you didn't know that? Because a lot of people don't know that you were sitting and this is my money. I got, I got a thousand dollar limit. You think I'm going to give you a thousand dollars? I can do something else with that money. But when you know in two days or if you put an extra 10, 15 dollars, it'll go on right now. Mm-hmm. you'll still have that same thousand dollars in your credit card exactly, and you'll look good to the credit people and they exactly. might give you more money. But I, I promise you, I done been around people who are rich and they would not say that they would tout that they got 800 credit scores and they were talking to you about not having a good credit score, but they will not share that simple information with you so mm-hmm. that you can go ahead and take it to another level. Bruh, if, if you're talking about that type of stuff, like I have friends that we're buying houses off a credit card. We're liquidating credit cards. Like that's more advanced stuff. Yes. But when you get the basics, like credit is the best thing ever created. <laughs> Where else can you use other people's money to get rich? That's good conversation right there. How long would it take for you right now to save up 50K? It'll take Not a your long business. Time. Not your business funds, your personal funds. Yeah, it takes time for, for any any regular person. It takes a it takes a long time. A lot Dude, of people I, will never do it. I can show you how to get fifty k in twenty four hours, bro. Damn thing. That's the power of credit. So what I figured out when I was deployed, bro, I don't need to save up an emergency fund. I just get a twenty five thousand dollar credit card, label it <laughs> emergency. I don't need to save that up. Yeah. So now when we're talking about you need to have savings, you need to have this, how about you fix your credit and have a card for each thing? This is my emergency hospital card. It has a $25,000 limit on there. If anything happens to anybody in the family, this is the card we're going to use for that. Right? This, If we're going to do renovations, we're going to get this card. So it goes on this, not... Oh my God, I got to work doubles. I got to do this. But then <laughs> the plan, no, like I've heard it all, bro. I got oh, yeah, three we jobs. All bro, yeah. I got three jobs. Dude, I remember when I had two jobs, bro. And I didn't even have a car yet. I was walking in 12 feet of snow. Not 12 feet, like. I Look, I'm from North, right across the bridge. So yeah. I, I know, <laughs> I know exactly what you, I tell my kids that. I said, we walked uphill in the snow barefoot. <laughs> And you got to go, like, there is no excuse. They say show up. You got to show up. Nose running, fingers turning blue. <laughs> like, you got to show up. Yeah, yeah, definitely. No, but we have- I'm in the cold, in the rain, on the train, waiting on the train. There's a delay. I'm there for 35 minutes, bro, on the train track, waiting 
cold, bro. I'm not used to this. I wasn't born in this type of weather. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you talk about two jobs. It's very seldom you're going to find somebody who have more than one job that's rich. You know, a lot of times they can have three jobs and they're still not rich. They're still not moving the needle because they realize, um, I heard, I read in a book actually, um, it was saying that the same thing that you get to make a hundred thousand dollars is like, okay, you can work 18 hour days and you, you know, seven days a week and you make a hundred thousand dollars. Well, you only got six more hours in your day. You're not going to 10 X your money by working the other six, something in your mindset is going to have to shift in order to 10 X your money. Cause you don't have no more hours, you know? So either you can put, 10 other people there to 10 exit, you know, to make your SNA, or you can make a, a plan or you can put your money to work so it can 10 X, but you are out of hours. And so it's the same thing. So you're like, Hey, I'm working 18 hours here. Then I'm gonna go work this other job. And mm-hmm. that's probably half of the amount of money you making on the other you know, job working 18 hours. So you're killing yourself instead of having this knowledge, wisdom, and understanding that can get you somewhere. Like you said, you can get somebody $50,000 in 24 hours. A lot of people that look like us never even heard that. Or if they do hear, hear it, they sound like, like you said, a unicorn, sound like a myth. <laughs> you know, right. how do you dispel the myth? You have to learn the truth. You have to unlearn and relearn. Yeah, That's important. Like you have to unlearn because a lot of people think, you know, oh, I know about credit. I'm just supposed to buy gas and groceries and that's it. No, bro. We're buying houses off of credit cards. You, you're absolutely right about that, man. And that's very, very sad. I know people that, you know, judged us, my wife and I, years ago about credit. And then once I started getting myself in a certain space, I'm looking at them like, you had 800 credit for, for the whole time I've known you, and all you own is the house that you live in. That's it. You know, you've never done, you don't even, you never even drive the car that you, you, you wanted to drive. Not that cars mean anything but you know getting some of the things that you want for busting your ass all your life means something to you you know and if you spent your whole life and you've never just did what you wanted to do because it was always a concern that's that's a waste and you had 800 credit these are people who who have great credit but all they think of is like you said is for gas it's for a super emergency not emergency like somebody about to die emergency but like oh well my car broke got broke down so let me fix that. Or let me fix an emergency in the house. Things that inevitable, not the ones you create, not the, the life that you create. So that's a real problem in our community. The other big problem is we don't know that credit is a tool and it's a tool for you to get in good debt. There's bad debt and there's good debt. Love it. Good debt pays you Love for it. having it. Bad debt takes away from what you got, like your liability spending. So like you right now, you got that fitted on. I see your mic. I see your headphones. You probably put spend a good $10,000 or $15,000 putting your studio together. Our regular person is going to say, oh, my God, why would you do that? But that's a business write-off. Oh, my God. Look, I told a friend, I said, man, you know, you talking about the pandemic. I have a 3,000 square foot office space. And I told, I said, do you realize the tax breaks I've gotten over the last five years of having this space? It, it, it's mind boggling. I didn't know it. I just wanted more space. I, I went from a smaller space to this space, but oh my God, it has done me and my family justice because as you grow in and you're making more money, you know, they're going to take more. 
And if you don't have these assets to get them to, you know, you know, help you on the tax side, it's it's tough, man. And I didn't know it, but it's it's been a blessing to me to make the investments because all these investments pay off on the back end when it comes to the taxes, man. All right, look at this though. So when I was working a security job, right? Um, I know guys there. They, I call them, they live there. <laughs> These guys live there. You can't tell me nothing. They live there. Every day of the week, they're on both shift doing doubles. Wow. I don't know when they go home to sleep, but they live there. And dude, after three overtime, if you do a fourth one, the overtime made no sense. The amount you're paying in taxes. So doing overtime, we figured out that three overtime per week is when you see a difference in the paycheck. Mm -hmm. If you go four, it's better off you go six. <laughs> because the amount that came out for tax didn't make any sense. Dude, you're, it's like your whole paycheck just split in half. Yeah. Yep. So you're working two jobs. One of those jobs, all of it just went to taxes. You're really working one job. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> that, that's so mind-boggling, man. That's so mind-boggling. Wow. You're really working one because the other one just goes straight to taxes. Wow. That's 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 mind-boggling. And I think that it's like a muscle memory where people just used to working and you no. think it's okay. No. Yes, that part, that part, that part, that part. We think it's okay because of the information that was fed to us. Yeah, it's, that's, that's scary. What, man. what if the narrative was different and we're having credit conversation in the homes where we are learning about the five factors that contribute to your FICO score, your payment history, your utilization, your length of credit history, your credit mixture, and then new credit. And then you learn that, all right, when you pay this down, this is what happened. When you have certain amount, I can put you on as an authorized user. This is what's going to happen, right? When you're in high school, I can put you on at 16, at 15 years old as an authorized user. I'm going to get you a secured credit card. I'm going to teach you how to use it. So when you pay, I'm not giving you allowances anymore. You're going to use that credit card and you're only allowed to spend um 30 of that so if let's say i got you a thousand dollar credit card secured credit card your max for the month is 300 because that's what your allowance is for the month anything over that you're responsible for paying for it and if you don't it's coming out of your next month's allowance to pay for it so you got to figure out how you're going to make this like we start teaching them that way yep. so now they started using the credit card okay we're going to the supermarket all right, um, John, I don't feel like paying for the groceries this week. Pay for the groceries and I'll reimburse you on your allowance. So no, they're swiping. They're, they're, <laughs> they're, they're comprehending. Yeah. You know, I'm putting gas in the car. Go use your credit card. You see where I'm going with yeah. this? Yes, definitely. So when, when we start doing this now and we're going to raise now a different generation of kids. You definitely are. It's not a generation where I'm going to put the light bill in your name. I'm going to put the, the, <laughs> the, 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 the cable in Susie's name. I'm going to do the heat in Derek's name. Wow. And then everybody comes out with messed up credit. That was our talk generation. To, talk to me, sure. bro. Talk That's to our me. generation for sure. <laughs> so we, we, we got we to gotta change that. Wow, that's our generation before, boy. Because I look, I remember being in college and some of my friends sitting there, man, I'm trying to get this 
Man, he talking about I got this light bill. <laughs> <laughs> what? It's real, it's real stuff. Yes, that's that's a real conversation because parents back in the day, and you know, shout out to those parents because a lot of them was doing whatever they needed to do to survive. Some of them was greasy, but some of them was really <laughs> doing what they needed to do to survive. And hey, you had to take one for the team, even though you didn't know you was taking one for the team. <laughs> <laughs> later on down the line, but it's our job to do better. We have to. It's our we job cannot, to do better, man. <laughs> we cannot pass that misinformation on to the new generation. We yeah. cannot. It starts with us. And this is why now coming to, you don't even have to come to me to learn consumer laws, but get your credit right. Yeah. Get it right. But guess what? You see, people, they want quick fixes. Yeah. And they're, they want to pay somebody to do it for them. Don't get me wrong, you know. There's nothing wrong with that. But where's the education? How are you going to teach your household? Now, what are you going to say? Oh, I paid somebody to fix the credit. But then what type of information are you passing on to the kids? Yeah. Remember, they don't know nothing about credit. High school's not going to teach them. Yeah. College is sure as hell not going to teach them. You're right that. You're right. Dude, I have people right now with PhD in my mentorship. I only have a high school diploma, bro. <laughs> they don't know nothing about credit. They don't know nothing about credit. I told a friend of mine that, you know, loving to death, me and him, we had a, we had a falling out. And um, and I told him when I was, you know, getting my stuff together, I said, man, you know, you got your credit right years ago, like graduated college. He had something happen with his family and he stepped in to help out, you know, with a house or something like that. And they was able to sell a house. And he cashed out and he was smart. He paid off all his credit. So he like touted an 800 credit score for years. And I'm sitting there and I said to him, I said, bro, we real tight. And I never learned about credit, but I like, it's no way we can be that close. And I don't learn from you. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? Like mm -hmm. I'm an entrepreneur. It's nobody to hang around me that don't know nothing about entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? But if I'm around you, I should know something about credit. Mm -hmm. I shouldn't have to go outside to find it or be having these pitfalls, you know, because you good and you maintained it. You know what I mean? But we have to do a better job of passing that information around. And like you say, getting the knowledge, because somebody say, oh, well, give me $500, give me $1,000, give me however much money and I'll fix it for you. But they're not giving you the information. You're not getting the education. Yeah. And if you if you in a bind, you might say here so that you can because people usually get what well, they get a credit get credit right for buy a house or get a car. But what you see is they get the credit right for the house. And then as soon as they buy the house, the credit go right back to crap. Mm -hmm. You know, no, they think they don't need it anymore. Yeah, they got the house. You can't refinance your, your house and get the money out then of it. it then it comes an issue again. <laughs> then it comes an issue again. Let me find somebody to fix it again. Exactly. And then it, look, you can get banged out with that because they'll come and tell you the bank to say to you, like, look, um, do you have the notice to say that you actually paid this off? No. Well, it might come back because they just did some scam thing, got it off. And if you can't say to the bank that you actually got it off, they might not give you the money. So a lot of people, my brother, um, they don't invest in themselves. Amen. <laughs> it's a big, it's a big misconception in our industries, let's say for instance, what you do and the people that will support you are strangers. Sad to say, no, your family will not fact. support you, bro. It's a fact. Strangers will be your biggest fans, your biggest supporters. 
And you would think it's the people close to you. No. <laughs> not at all. No, no, not at all. So when you're, see, you're an average of the five to 10 people that you hang around. If you hang mm -hmm. around losers, you're going to be the next one. Yeah. You started hanging around millionaires. If you're not a millionaire already, guess who's going to be the next one? Yeah. You, because it's a different mindset. That mindset is not of a scarcity mentality, right? Yeah. It's not scarcity where, oh my God, because I tell you this now, you're going to know more than I do. And then you're going to reach this level and I'm not going to reach this level. And then you're like, bro, who got time for that, bro? Yeah. If you live in your truth, you won't walk down someone else's path anyway. You can't. And, and, and that's the thing. The information that you get is only for your path. You know, so if I'm being who I am, I can't be you. I can't be the ring. So, like, it don't matter. We can have the same information. I'm not interested in credit as, as, as a business. I am interested in it as making sure my household is where it's supposed to be and me personally. But it's going to help me. That information is going to help me kick ass in my business, <laughs> But I'm not going to be in your business because that's not who I am. And it's going to show if I don't have the passion behind it. I don't have the real skill set to know how, you know, you can have the information, but, you know, everybody can cook chicken. But you can put five people in the room and somebody, the person who really love it, who really in it, that chicken going to taste better than other people. You're going to know. You're going to know. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's like he was supposed to be doing that. You out here pretending you playing. And so what I hate with what we do as a people, though. We sully the market. That's why you say you got to get around the right people because mm -hmm. if you are doing it and you show three other people how to do it for themselves and now they want to be you and now they're charging $200 for something you charge $25,000 for, you know, and then they scamming people. Now it's they scamming people. Now everybody's scamming people in their mind. And it's like, no, you just went to the bad person because you wasn't trying to invest in yourself. You wasn't yourself. trying to... Do, do what needs to be done. You wanted a, a quick fix and mm -hmm. you got what you paid for. <laughs> you will you will always get what you paid for. And that's that's you the will bar right always there. get what you paid for. <laughs> always. You want premium service, you're gonna pay premium. Yeah. You will listen, if you're the best, you're not the cheapest. If you're the cheapest, you're not the best. Mm, yep. Absolutely right. It's it's facts. That's a fact. The best cannot be the cheapest. And if the cheapest is the best, it's not the best. Yeah. Yeah. And that's with anything. That, anything that don't matter. That don't matter what genre, what, 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 you know, where you go is food, you know, clothes, anything. If you are the cheapest, you're not the best. You're not. And you the not. best, you're definitely not going to be the cheapest. It, it, it costs to be the boss. <laughs> it costs. You put time and energy. When they say hey, selling Louis Vuitton, you go and watch them. They're making every shoe every bag they're making it by hand they have the best some of the best leather mm -hmm. they're paying for that so if it's going to cost me five hundred dollars just to get the bag get the materials for the bag you, i can't sell it to you for five hundred dollars nope <laughs> it's premium yeah where's my margins i i got but, i got to sell it for more but then people look at it like this bro oh i'm paying you a thousand or two thousand dollars i'm making you rich bro if that's the mindset you're going to have you don't need my program because if, if, bro, if you give me $1,000 and I give you $10,000 back, would you take that deal? Of course. If you give me $2,000 and I show you now how to not only fix your credit, I'm going to show you how to structure it, how to leverage it. 
And I can show you how to get anywhere from 70 to $150,000 in funding. Would you take that? Of course. So people, a lot of people, not everybody. So, and this isn't to disrespect anybody, but broke people know the cost of everything and the value <laughs> of nothing. I love it. Say that again. <laughs> like I said, this is not to disrespect anybody. No, it's a fact. But broke people know the cost of everything and the value of nothing. Mm, mm. I Rich wanted... and wealthy people know the value of things and they don't worry about the cost. I want to use the first part of that four part uh, bar of yours. So just know I'll give you a shout out when I use it. Yeah, I got it from Jay-Z. All right. I heard Jay-Z say, <laughs> hey, but broke people know the value, they know the cost of everything. I just want to use that part. <laughs> it's a fact, though. It's so funny. But the brokest person could tell you how much everything everything costs. costs. Ooh, that's so that's so crazy. They know how much everything costs. They can tell you, oh, that's too expensive. Am I lying? Think no. about it. Am I lying? No, that hit me soon as I said, yo, you are absolutely <laughs> right. <laughs> Everybody has had their broke moments. Everybody has had their broke moments. Why am but, I gonna pay you a thousand dollars to fix my credit? It's not my damn credit, it's your credit. <laughs> and if you don't see. If you don't know the value of your credit, then a thousand or two thousand dollars is going to be an issue for you, because you don't know that when you fix that credit and it's positioned right, you can get funding in twenty-four hours of anywhere from fifty to a hundred and fifty thousand dollars. You don't know that you could run a credit card sequence now, where instead of having two credit cards, you now have ten credit cards, each having a twenty thousand dollar line or a $15,000 line on it. So where's my damn calculator? <laughs> I'm no mathematician, but I work good with numbers. If you have 10 credit cards- 200,000. At $15,000 a limit, that's an easy 150 bands mm -hmm. right there in plastic. Yeah, and that's more than a lot of people have seen in their life. Bruh, bruh. A lot of people are gonna die without seeing 150,000. And then now you learn now, okay, it's on credit. How can I liquidate this credit card? How can I turn credit to cash? Then you're going to hear about manufacturer spend it, right? And then you learn now that you're able to do certain things like you can even do a balance transfer. You can get checks off your credit card. Yep. You can get money orders. You can get a gift card. You can run a play, liquidate this credit card, put the money in your account. Yeah. And a lot of people don't even know that. Boom, I have a friend. He bought a for family. He built out his LLC, got business funding for about 150,000. Business credit don't report on your personal, right? Yeah. He liquidated the business credit card. He had like 150 or $200,000 in a business credit, on a business credit card. He liquidated $40,000 off the credit card, bro. Put it in his, in his, in his, um, in his bank, banking account, and then closed on a property six months later for family in New Jersey. Damn. And Nothing out of pocket. <laughs> now, guess what? He got that house for free. There's three tenants in there. He's Damn. in the basement, right? He's in the basement. The house pays for itself. The house pays back the card. Yep. He got a whole four family for free. And, and then they get real sweet with it. I'm learning this and I'm working towards this right now. When you get that, um, and you probably talk more to this, is when you get to that point where you can actually, if you got a limit, you can actually pay a certain amount up front and then you don't have to make no payments for a year. 
And so now you can play on it. I don't know what that's called, but they were talking about how you can pay up front, let's say whatever they're gonna make, they want, they want $2,000, $3,000 up front. And then now you don't have no payment for, for a year. So if you go spend that hundred bands, you can go ahead and start making your plays. And once you get it back, you just gotta pay that cash amount at the, at the beginning of the year. So there's different ways to go about that. So mm -hmm. you can do like no interest, like 18 months, no interest, yes, right? That's that, one yeah, that, that's the, that's So one. it's not that you're not paying on it. You are paying, but there's no interest for a whole year. Yeah. So you pay, excuse me, just the principal balance. But before the end of that 18 or 12 month period, you can do a balance transfer. You transfer it to another 0% interest card. Wow. So now you reset the balance on this one, transfer it to a whole new card that gives you another 12 to 18 months of 0% interest. Before you know it now, everything's paid off. You just got that whole funds, 0% interest. See, and that's, that's even extra on that play. And see, this is what people don't understand. And this is great. This is great conversation because... A lot of times, like we talk about like taxes, credit, all that stuff. Like with taxes, people will say stuff like, um, oh, well, you know, you got a tax, a tax break. Well, when you broke, and again, it's not about nobody else, but this is a fact. Those are numbers. Numbers don't lie. When you're broke, if your tax break is going to be you saving $300, you're not whoop de doo about that. But when you're talking about having 100000 and you say, say you're going to save 10%, that's $10,000 that you're going to save on a break. So the same thing where you have, you're talking about interest. If they're going to give you interest-free $100,000 and you got a year and a half or a year to pay it off, mm -hmm. if you can come up with a good play, like a house, like something like that, that you know that you can go ahead and get another $100,000 for, mm -hmm. they, they change your life for free and all you had to pay is it, well, you didn't have to pay $10,000 or you would pay $10,000 later on. And that's where it is. But when you're talking minuscule amounts of money, I don't think people see it. They don't, they don't see the benefit. You know, when you, you know, you talk about the rich people, Donald Trump and them try to try not to, you know, pay taxes because them paying 33% taxes or, or more than that, it's a lot of money. That's 33% on a, <laughs> on a billion dollars. <laughs> so don't sit here and say Donald Trump is the devil because he's trying not to pay that. You paying your 33% on 50,000. Yeah, he's it's not a different trying, ball game. That's a whole nother ball game when well, he not only that. that, bro. When you own businesses, the IRS rewards you for being a business owner. Say that again. <laughs> when you're a business owner, you get rewarded by the IRS for being a business owner. Mm. The tax breaks, especially if you have real estate, depreciation. So when someone comes to me and they're like, it's hard for me to pay $2,000 to learn about credit. I just, dude, and I haven't even gone into consumer law yet. Mm. This is basic credit we're in. I haven't gone into teaching you how to get paid for having bad credit. You can get paid for having bad credit. And I'm talking six figures or more. Okay, we got to go to that one. We got we right? to do that because most people got bad credit. So how do you how do you make these bad credit people benefit and, and without making them feel like they're not going to get their credit right because you showed them how to make money for having bad credit? <laughs> so credibility 
your credit speaks about your character, your general reputation, your mode of living, the type of person that you are. So when you're not in the room and the underwriter takes your file, remember, they're seeing a story. What's your story telling the underwriter? On your report, what is that story that the underwriter is seeing? Yeah. There's a reason why. You see my shirt, right? I got late, off, pay late payments. Late payments. Mm -hmm. Late payments are illegal. A charge off is not even supposed to be on your credit. Mm. I, bro, so when you learn this stuff and you learn how to leverage credit and you're worrying about $2,000, you're worrying about the wrong thing. You're, inve you're not paying me $2,000. That $2,000 is an investment in your own education because now you're going to learn how to fix your credit you're going to learn how to leverage your credit. You're going to learn the things. So back to your question about the bad credit. Violations. A lot of people have so many violations, especially collections, mm -hmm. just sitting on their reports, and they don't even know that they can get a bag from just having certain things on their report. I'm going to give you an example. Like right now, the, did you know, you're probably not going to know, but I'm going to ask you just to make a point. Did you know that the rules have changed for debt collection? Nope. So right now, if a collection account was supposed to pop up on your reports, it's a violation. Why? Because the new law says that was passed on November 30th that collectors and debt buyers cannot illegally park a debt on your consumer report without first making contact with the consumer to whom it relates. Mm. So they have to send you a letter or a phone call or some way of communicating with you, whether in person, but there needs to be some form of communication. And if there is no communication, they cannot put the debt on your consumer report. So if anyone on here listening right now in the Star of Universe that has a collection that popped up after November 30th and you didn't get a notice in the mail, a phone call, an email or something stating that they're trying to get a hold of you regarding this alleged debt and you should give them a call back or something like that. It's a violation of the law. That right there, you can get a minimum of $1,000 for that violation. Minimum. You can wow. get a lot more. How do, you go, how do you go about getting the money for it? This is where consumer law comes in. Hmm. Because now, it's not what you know, it's what you can prove. Yeah. So now, everybody wants a quick fix. So they're going to call and dispute. No. Send it via certified mail green return receipt. Send it to the post office. You're building your case now. So I'm going to put them on notice. Hey, under 15 USC 1692 GB, validation of debt, I'm validating this debt under this specific law. That specific law tells you exactly what they need to give. When they don't give me that stuff, it's a violation. Now let's talk about the other violation. If the debt can't be proven or validated after 30 days, it has to get deleted. Mm. If they don't delete it, it then now becomes a violation. If there is errors in the reporting and they're furnishing 
incorrect, inaccurate information, it holds them now under 15 U.S.C. 1681 S2 under liability where they are prohibited from reporting incorrect, inaccurate information. Now, if they still report it, it's a violation. So bad credit, there's two ways to look at it. The shit's bad. Yeah. But you can also learn to get paid from it. Yeah. Find the violations. Then what you can do, you can invoice them, right? Invoicing is one day. Are they going to pay you? No. It's all good. <laughs> Guess what? Well, you're going to find yourself now a consumer lawyer, and you're going to take the asses to court. Mm. Because now you are damaged as a result of their failure. Dude, I probably even shouldn't say it on this. <laughs> this some, bro. It's, it's, some, this is exclusive. Star of Talk exclusive right here. <laughs> there's, there's some things I want to 